podcast, a place for adventurers and friends. You join us as we delve deeper into the fall of Plaguestone and Pathfinder 2nd Edition. A recap of Session 4. We continue the murder investigation. Three of us go see the cook Alma. Along the way, we pass through an old rotted orchard and avoid a fight with a swarm of bees. We begin interrogating Amora. Finnick plated the dessert and Trin served it. No one else was in the kitchen. Guy named Cornwall served the drinks. We decide to go see Trin to get her perspective. Along the way, we notice a figure following us. We move to talk to the figure, but it runs away. We see it's Finnick and we give chase. Micklick runs him down quickly. Some diplomacy checks go poorly, and Finnick is pretty scared. After some convincing, Finnick practically blurts out that Halid made him do it, and gave him spices to put in Bort's food. Delma accosts us and wants the tab for last night. We remind her the dead guy was going to cover it. She then offers discounted rates if we help her father get around. We decide to go to Halid's place. So you guys kind of come up on the path uh, that passes by the house here. The yard around the house is just completely choked with weeds and debris. The house looks like it's kind of, it's it's collapsed. It used to be a two-story house, perhaps, but the second story is just kind of falling in on itself, and there's debris all over the yard, dead weeds all over the yard. Or, sorry, just weeds. Yeah, I would like to stealthily kind of make a perimeter of the house before everybody else, like maybe tell everybody else to hang back a little bit, unless somebody else is stealthy and wants to come with me. And just see what I can see, looking at this place, looking for a rear exit, looking for any kind of traps, anything like that. Okay. Well, first of all, go ahead and give me a your stealth secret check. Stealth Make roll. the secret stealth check. Done. And then go ahead and give me a perception check, and I'm going to have you make that a secret perception check as well. Oh, you want a secret perception check as well. Okay. I do. So you're kind of like, you're, you're going through here. Um, it's really hard to be quiet going through here. This place is choked and tangled with weeds and debris. And you're a short guy. And it's kind of hard to walk through this shit. This all means I rolled poorly on my stealth check. One assumes. One, one could assume. That being said. Is it loud enough like that we hear him like stumbling through the underbrush and oh, stuff? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I don't even know if you guys can even stealth. I'm just like chomping in with my chain mail, just... Plum is going around the building. Well, we, I think we basically just stand at the front door. So there's a couple what of things to note here. As you're kind of, like, trying to make your way around the house, Plum's going to need to give me a survival check. I do not have... I'm not trained in it. I roll a 7 and get an 8 total. So you're, like, trying to make your way around, and it's really hard to see the house because the weeds in this yard are actually so tall, they kind of go over your head. So you have to kind of like hop up to get a good look. Fair enough. All of the windows on this house are boarded over. The door is kind of hanging ajar, like a foot. It's hanging open, and it seems to be like held together by a frayed rope. Like, there's a rope around the knob that goes into the house that's holding the door from just keeping it from swinging wide open. Well, when I get back to my party, I'll inform them of anything that I noticed. That's how how the tree died. And you want to know what killed it? I want to know what killed it, and I just want to check it out. Go ahead and give me a nature check. Rolled a two and got a nine. I haven't rolled over a ten yet, I don't think. The, uh, the tree... It's hard to say what killed it. Maybe it's all the weeds choking out nutrients from the tree. Maybe it's just it's 
been there for a long time and it got a disease and died? You can't really tell. Can I do a perception around the tree? Looking, just looking for things? Go ahead and give me a perception check. 22. Is there a secret entrance? You don't see any secret entrances, no. The tree is, uh, there's nothing around the tree. There's no tunnels around the tree, no doors or anything like that. Um, just a dead tree. I feel sad inside. Plum, you make it back to the party. Yeah, I'll explain to them what I saw. Just a whole lot of nothing. Everything's boarded up. Nicholas well, gets bored, decides he's going through the door. But once Plum decides, once Plum says, you know, there's no other way in, he's like, okay, let's go. Is everybody going? Yeah, we got tokens. We need them. Uh, here, I'll put them up there for you. Got tokens for days, boy. I'm so sad about the tree. I tell you to grow up. You grow up. So go ahead and give me a marching order. Who's walking up first here? Micklick said he was doing it. Uh, Micklick and anybody else? No, just Micklick for right now. Go ahead and give me a perception check. Perception. Get a 17. The rope kind of goes back into the house. You don't really see it like attached to the door frame or anything. It just kind of disappears into the murkiness of the house, which isn't lit up at all. I have dark vision. It just goes back into the house. Can't really see where it goes without like opening the door to see see more. Can I just push it open, or do I like need to use the force open action? Uh, it would be a, it would be like a, a pull, but I mean it's the the rope is like looped around the knob in the front, keeping the door from swinging open. I mean it's still open like a foot anyways, but oh, so it opens out. Yeah, this door opens out. Oh, okay, I was picturing a normal front door that opens in. Oh, yeah, this one would open out. Okay. Um, so then I should use the force open? Like I, like I have to, like, break the string that's keeping it from swinging open kind of thing? Or... Yeah, you can just pull it really hard if you want. I don't know if you have anything to cut it with or anything like that. He's got a goddamn battle axe. Yeah, I got a great sword I can just... Or a great axe that I can just chop it off with, I guess, if... Is that what you do? Yeah, I mean, like, if I can, like, see the rope and get a good clean swing at it, I'll just chop it off. Oh yeah, you easily get a really good clean swing at it. So Micklick kind of like rears back and shing, just cleanly slices the rope. The side of the rope that goes into the house snaps back into the house. The door swings open and you hear a twang as a spear comes out of the door and is coming right for you, Micklick. I was really expecting paint cans. <laughs> was this Home Alone or something? Now, uh, this door opens out. Correct. Like, was the door partially open already? About about a foot, roughly. So it's like a foot open. I'm, okay. I'd actually, like, I'd be standing off to the side to cut the rope. Like, I wouldn't be standing in the doorway to cut the rope. I'd have to be off to whichever side's open to Well, then, based, the on, based on the party arrangement, then, it would actually go straight for Plum. I hate my life. Plum or Daru, whichever, depending on... Uh, I suppose I, yeah, I can see which way it swings, so... Definitely Plum. Sorry, Plum. <laughs> I only took the precaution to try to search for traps, and here I am getting hit by the trap. <laughs> um, you know what's really funny? Swanee just logicked this spear right into Plum's chest. Yeah, I know. Let's, let's be honest. Um, does a 24 hit you? Uh, yes, it does. Is it a critical hit? No, it is not. Not a critical hit. Okay. And then this, you know, you hear that big twang, and this spear just comes and right into Plum's chest. Plum, this is going to deal you, no fucking joke, 
14 points of damage. I'm dead. Oh, I'm dead. <laughs> Plum fucking goes down. So I watch you hit the ground again. Yes. yes. This Sorry. time with a giant spear sticking out of my chest. Why am I always? Like, why am I with this guy? guy? <laughs> like one of the party members goes down and everybody's like, "Ugh, again." Nick looks at response to be a little bit different. He like let out a like a gas, like, "Ooh, that was close." <laughs> and then turns around. <laughs> and turns around and like plumbed on the ground. Like, <laughs> Arterial blood spurting out. <laughs> David, this guy's more flagrant. <laughs> Fragile than your like old man. <laughs> it is Ian. <laughs> God, I love that character. Don't worry, guys. I got this, and I, I deal over Plum, and I'll do a uh, medicine check. So we're taking ten minutes. Wait, is that person to do? What, do we have ten minutes right away, or I mean, nothing happens immediately afterwards. Does anything happen in the next 10 minutes while I'm administering first aid? Good, so that you can say that I'm not going to be administering first aid if something happens? We initiate no, first I'm aid. Saying, are you going to interrupt me? Like, do I get the roll? Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, you'll, you'll, if, if you guys take the 10 minutes to uh, try to fix up your pal here, then to yeah. To pull the giant spear out of my fucking chest? <laughs> this yeah. isn't a job for magical healing. This is a job for my dirty knife. <laughs> that Vorn's using. First, I would stabilize him since he's actually below zero. Uh, not needed. There is no below zero anymore. Yeah, you're oh. at zero. He's at zero. So I, at zero, dying one. I am dying one. Since he is at zero and has the dying condition, DC will equal five plus the creature's recovery roll DC, which is typically 15 plus its dying value, so 16. So the Sounds DC good. for that would be five plus six from how I'm reading this. So you so you would have to... Your stabilize attempt would fail? Yeah, I didn't realize a stabilize yeah, attempt is really high. It's, that has to be a 21. I think it's because, like, they're dying. Like, they, it's, like, you need magic. It should be high, right? I, I, I agree with Spencer I mean, on this one. Sense. Yeah. Wouldn't... I mean, if we're going to try to spend 10 minutes, wouldn't you just lay on them? No. I mean, yeah, I would... After... He just fails to stick him quick. After he fails to Why stabilize he him. Why wouldn't you he do that? He tries to stabilize me by pulling the spear out of my chest, and all that <laughs> happens is more blood pours out. Oh, yeah. And I, and I, fail. I push Vorn aside. Let's go ahead, and you're going to make your recovery roll here, Plum. Mm. Okay. So I just roll a straight-up d20. Failed attempt. Because an 18 is not a critical failure, so we're, we're not, we don't have to worry about that, at least. Correct. For now. Because that would increase your dying value by one. <laughs> what is it? Three? Is it death? Uh, four. Is death. Uh oh. What's the what's the recovery roll DC and what do you roll, David? It's ten plus my dying level. So and it's just 11. a flat check, so it's eleven, and okay. I just roll a D twenty. So All here right, I go, go rolling a D twenty. I roll a five, a fail. Okay. So that means your dying value increases by I one. Am dying two. So Plum is dying too, and he's got just blood spurting out of that chest cavity. And Daru pushes Vorn aside, and Daru. But Daru, With no! The I power have... of Desna. We put the spear back in. <laughs> just... <laughs> uh, yeah, I will call upon Desna to help me bring my friend back to life. Well, back from being unconscious, and it'll be a flat six health and one AC for one turn. <gasps> Let's not keep doing 
doing this? <laughs> Good job, Dara. Let, let me uh, treat his wounds now, and I will take the ten minutes to treat his wounds. I appreciate you bandaging up my gaping chest wound. <laughs> Thank you, Daru and Vorn, for saving my life yet again. I might have endangered your life when I pulled the spear out and tried to stabilize you. I was <laughs> unconscious. I don't know that happened. I just think you did a good thing. Let's not talk about that. Okay, to actually treat your wounds, though, I need a 15 or higher. Or I do 1d8 damage. No, that's only critical failure. So nothing happened. Ten minutes goes by, and I. Well, fail. If he's doing ten minutes. I use, also use ten minutes to pray. Yeah, I rolled a nine. And recover my focus points. Yeah, I'm just gonna hit him with another land hands. Thanks, friend. Bringing him to twelve HP. I'll do All this right. again to try to get rid of your wounded condition because right now you're still wounded. Two. two. Yeah. Okay, screw this. I'm just gonna use a hero point. I'm gonna get rid of <laughs> shit because I don't want you dying because you go down again. Wait, he would go down again. Okay, I got. If he went down again. If he went down again, he'd go to. Dying three. Yeah, and I'd be one away from death, right death. And I'd rather get rid of his wounded condition and just burn a fucking hero point at this point because I just rolled an 11 and failed again. So, hero point, and I got a 15, which is exactly what I actually needed. Thanks, Dude, I, friend. I can't roll over 10. This is Does that, wa- is that remove one wound or two? It removes the whole condition. It removes oh, okay. the condition, which would be every anything, I think. I gotcha. yeah. And you get your final H ball. I rolled yeah. 2d8, but you're down to 1. So yeah. Fantastic. I, well, that was horrifying. Miklik, would you have been patient enough to wait it, wait for that, or would you have done something? Like the longest 20 minutes of Miklik's life. Yeah. He's absolutely, like, at least looking inside this door. When you look in, the inside of this place is just covered with debris. Like, to the point where you can't really see past it further into the room. You can see about maybe 20 feet into the room. There's an opening or a doorway to the right that would lead, lead to another area, but right in front of you is just all all debris. You just can't see past it. What'd you say about these windows? How are they covered up? They're boarded up. Boarded up from the inside? Outside? Outside, let's say. So like I could use like a crowbar to start prying these planks off? If you had a crowbar, sure. I have a crowbar. You can check my inventory. You have a fucking crowbar. I'm not. I'm not gonna. Tr- not gonna check your inventory because I trust. It's gonna you. sound strange, but I also have a crowbar. <sighs> the fuck? Did anybody bring any rope? Yes. It's in the adventurers pack, so yes. I also have a rope. I don't. Have I don't a- have shit. I have a climbing kit. I love things like the adventurers pack because it's just like you've got a whole bunch of stuff. Mcluke's gonna start taking the boards off of. The left window. Okay, so this would be the window just to the left of the main entrance. Correct. Okay, let's see. It seems like that side's like blocked with debris, so he's gonna see if there's another way over there. So it for 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah, with a little bit of time. What does the crowbar do? Do you have like a, a description? Does it have a little bit of rules in it for the crowbar? I mean, essentially, I think I'm using the force option. Force open. When forcing open an object, which is an action, it makes it easier to grip and leverage. Without the crowbar, you would have a negative two to prying open something. So it's a force open, it's, a, it's an action. Yep. So it's an athletics check. Yes. Yes. Yeah, this, this boils down to time. So since you have really plenty of time to do this and it's not impossible for you to succeed, then we're going to just say that by the time that Plum is being healed by Daru and Vorn uh, that you're able to completely get the boards over that window off. 
Is the only light in here from the windows and door being open right now? Absolutely. Yep. Um, so you kind of like pop your head in through the window here. You can see, give me, uh, give me a perception check. That is a 19. You can see that, so there's the, uh, the walkway here and the debris is piled up so high over here that you think if you, you know, got into the room and even slightly disturbed any of this, that some of this debris would just fall down onto you. But you also see just to the right of the window that you just pried open, there is a hatch in the floor. Hmm. Mm, indeed. Since he got that window up and could see that, he'll go back and see if these guys are done screwing around yet. Plum, how you doing? I'm good now. I'm, I'm healed up. I'm, I'm stunned and I'm covered in blood and magic has healed the hole that was in my chest. I'm ready to continue. So after 20 minutes, some prying, some healing, stoppering up the fountain of blood coming out of uh, Plum's chest. What do you guys do? I want to investigate oh. inside here. Hold on. We can't do a second attempt at healing for an hour, can we? That's true. Oh, so he's just, forced to keep those wounds? That, yeah, I can't... Uh... You can only do it once an hour. Yeah, so the, the wounds are back. So how many times did you try to treat wounds? Are you saying twice. that you can't stabilize and then treat wounds? So he can do the stabilize and the first attempt to treat wounds, but he failed. So I can't do it again for do another... it again for another 50 minutes. I see. So then so I'm so going only... into this with two wounds. So I would only have one wound, but I am wounded too. Yes, you'd be down one HP, but in your status would be wounded too still. And yeah. that's still my hero point. Yeah, all right. Let's just do it. Let's just roll. Let's live on the edge. Let's see what happens when a PC dies in second edition. Let's go into the house and explore around very carefully. I go running into the house. I will also tell you that it looks like that pile of debris is very unstable. So who goes where and which entrance? Right now you guys have two entrances. There's the front door and then the uh, window just to the left of the front door that Miklik has pried the boards off of. Split party? Where? Well, Vorn, you said you were running in. Which one are you running into? I'm, saying we, I'm saying we split the party. When you said it was really unstable, could it, did it look unstable from both sides or just from the side with the hatch? Kind of like, so you'd see that this, this debris pile is piled up like right smack dab in the middle of the floor and there is almost like a walkway around the edges of the room you guys seen the the hoarders tv show right they always have pathway through all of their shit unfortunately that's kind of what this is like it's around the edge of the room but the the in the middle it's all debris and collapsed infrastructure from the second story and it looks like it's both the side where the uh hatch door is and there's also along the parallel, or sorry, the adjacent wall is also like a little five-foot walkway. But it looks like on both sides it's really dangerous. I say let's go in through the door and just explore what we can find. And if we need to, we can come back out and go in through the window. Okay. So the party cautiously moves into the front door. Uh, the debris is so high and obstructive here that you can't get further than 10 feet in the front door. There is a doorway to your right, an open doorway, leading into another room. Do you guys have any light source? Yeah, I'll cast light on... Do you want me to cast light on your weapon, Miklik? No. I what? want it on mine. That's or my shield. I put it on the champion. Shield. I have dark vision. I do not want 
I do not want that shit on me. Oh. I put light on the champion's shield. Poke the goblin on the nose again. I was gonna say, does Nick like get a little PTSD from the nose light? <laughs> he puts it on my nose again. We will have a dead sorcerer. <laughs> he's already wounded too. Don't be that hard. All it takes is one critical hit, and he's dead. And believe me, I could take him down in one hit. Oh, I can imagine. Hey, you guys walk in, and uh, through the doorway, this uh, this room. It's completely in disarray. It's clearly an abandoned living space. The hearth is choked with branches and debris from, abro- from above. Um, the furniture is smashed and soiled. There's a thick layer of dirt and grime that covers every surface. It's obvious nobody's used this room in years. There is another exit from this foyer room. So if you turn right from the entry into the foyer, you see all the smashed furniture and all of the grime all over this. There's another doorway a little farther north, um, but it's completely blocked and stopped up with debris. All right. Back through the window then and down the hatch. We search. I think we should should search this room first. Yeah, search it. Uh, Everybody go ahead and give you perception checks then. I get terrible. Earl the net one. Uh, I think Nicklick's the highest with a 16, it looks like. You don't find anything of interest in here. Like I mentioned, this thing looks completely and utterly abandoned. You don't see how Hallad lives here at all. It's because he lives underneath it. Well, so Mikla climbs through the window and looks at this hatch. The hatch, it's, there's nothing uh, special about it. There's like a small rope that you can use to pull on it to lift it up. It doesn't look locked in any way. Plum is outside. A spear shoots through his chest. Just cause. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think Mark, Miklik will give it a quick glance over and then he'll try to open it. Miklik goes to open the hatch and it lifts right up. Squeaks a little bit. There's a ladder that goes down. I look down. It looks like it goes into like a hallway. How far down does it go? I would say maybe 20 feet down. But since it's like a big, it's just a tunnel that goes down, you can't really see beyond where the ladder just ends up. Right. See the floor around the ladder, but not much more than that. Miklik will relay that and start climbing down. Wait for me, you silly goblin. I'm going to walk over here and see what's the rest of the room. Okay, so Miklik starts climbing down first. Yep. Who enters the window second? Uh, I think Daru said he was going to go. Daru enters in next. Vorn after that. Vorn is third. And then Plum hesitantly because he's almost died twice. Yes. Twice in just a few days. Yeah, only once today. Adventuring is dangerous work. Um, Plum, do you get into the house before Miklik goes down the ladder, or what? Probably not. You wait for Miklik to start heading down. I think I'd have to be on the ladder before anybody else could really even get in the window. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. So, um, real quick, let's do Vorn since he's right here. Vorn, you notice that the uh, window back here... Vorn has no light at the moment. I'd say it's dim light. I have low light. You do have low light vision, so I think you're okay. I mean, it is it is four o'clock in the afternoon. Even even a house that's boarded up, depending, uh, and depending on how badly it's damaged, damaged. The collapsing the collapsing damage is pretty bad. I'd say this is at, at the very least dim light, which means you're fine. Go ahead and give me a perception check, uh, uh, Vorn. Finally, a decent roll, twenty four. Nice. You notice that the it's really the the debris is precarious here. It looks like it could fall down really easily if it was jostled too much. Are you tempting me to jostle it? 
But aside from that, there's nothing else in this room. I slowly walk back, very tempted to jostle everything. <laughs> Nicholas, do you go down before Vorn gets over there? I mean, I would be moving my full speed every turn, so I would assume so. Oh, you're like running down the stairs? I'm not running, it's a ladder. It takes time to move down it. But you're not wasting any time from the moment you get in? No, once not after I, once I tell them that there's a, about 20 feet down, I start climbing. Okay. I think they're going to follow. <laughs> I saw Daru climbing in the window as I started climbing down. Got it. I'm just looking for kind of the timing on this here. I feel um, like Click and Daru are probably on their way down the, the ladder and stairs, and then Plum just sees me wander off the opposite direction and then come back as he's getting ready to go down the ladder. That, makes that sense. seems about right. I end up being fourth down. Me and Plum would basically swap spots. Essentially, I think, yeah, I think... I think Miklik would be down there first, and Daru would be basically right behind him. Daru moves faster than he does. And then probably, like, a pause, and then plumbing me. Okay, okay, got it, got it. Daru, as you start moving down the stairs, you notice that the weight of you and Vorn on these floorboards is making the, the debris pile start to tip. And, in fact, before you get a chance to, the ceiling just above you gives way what's left of it just just above where you're at gives way and this debris pile falls in your direction so this is before i even got into the other that's side why of the that's why i was trying to make sure i knew exactly where everybody was before this happened so i'm gonna need a reflex save from vorn and daru yo what up i've got a nine i got a ten Okay, okay. Uh, you guys are just completely caught unawares here. You just get a bunch of debris falls all over you. And you both take 10 points of damage as just pieces of the ceiling and this clutter just... <sighs> Micklick, you hear your friends... Ah! As they have a bunch of just all that stuff that you saw just falls right on top of them. Micklick's thinking, I told him it was unsteady. <laughs> Daru, Vorn, you are buried in debris. You can't move. I think I have tetanus. <laughs> I'm sure you're immune with how disgusting you are. Um, you can try to force your way out. Gladly. Push debris out of the square that you're in. You can do with a an athletics check. Is there something else we can do? No. 16. All right. And Vorn, don't put it off. Make your roll. Nah, oh! Nice. You got a minus two on that, man. You really needed that nat 20. Roll the 20, got an 18. Man, you really needed that. DC 17 <laughs> to succeed. Poor Daru failed. Um, armor, it makes me clumsy. There's so much debris, it's not like you can just push it all off at once. You have to kind of like shovel a handful of rocks and, you know, two by fours and throw them out of the way here. As you both are doing so, uh, Miklik, uh, just so you know, or Swanee knows, this is going to take them at least 10 minutes. Is the, like, the top of this thing covered over too, or can I still uh, see up? You can still see up, yes. Maybe a couple of pieces of debris, you know, small rocks and some gravel and maybe some sand fell down that uh, hatch hole going down. But you absolutely heard the collapse, without a doubt. I guess at first he'd call up, Bong Shang's coming? I'm covered in shit. 
Yeah, it's like I don't know how weird, like I don't know how weird they are. That just be like a muffled talk or something. If I'd even really tell what he's saying. I don't know if you really could. Not immediately afterwards. Uh, no. Well, Plum would see this happening through the window and would call out, uh, "The long shanks are currently buried underneath a bit of mess. I, I think it's going to take them just a minute there, Micklick. You might, you could come up and help dig them out. You're nice and strong." What does Micklick see down here? You see that the bottom of the ladder, there's just a, a short hallway, 10 feet long, with a door on the other end. Door's closed. He'll go check out the door. He doesn't want to climb back up and risk getting covered and stuff, and like having it collapse on him, too. Okay. What do you do with the door? Are you opening it? I'll look at it. Roll natural one on my perception to uh, check it over. Look the door. Looks fine. Looks like it's not locked or anything. Nope. Doesn't look like a... Like, does, it, does it look like a better door than the doors upstairs? Like, does it look sturdier? Does it look... I mean, there was only one door upstairs, and it was hanging on by a thread, so it doesn't take much to be in better condition. I mean, it's not like a fancy door or a sturdy door. Yeah, I'm going more for, like, does it look like it's, like, rotted away like the upstairs stuff no. has? Look a little bit... It's, little it's more... actually usable. It's not like a sturdy door, but it's at least a little more solid. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a door that, that does what it's supposed to do, open and close properly. Does it swing towards me or swing away? Away. I'm really torn on what to do. I feel like Micklick would really want to open this door, but he's also not, like, stupid to just start going through this place without any help. (laughs) He'll wait. You're just going to wait at the bottom of the ladder here? He'll pace back and forth at the bottom of the ladder here, like in this little 15-foot hallway, just pace back and forth. (laughs) Like, call it every once in a while, coming? (laughs) So I got myself out of this, right? Uh, it takes you five minutes, but you can. Daru, you can also, but it takes you ten minutes. I'm going to burn a spell. The same time. I'm going to... No. I'm going to spend ten minutes and fucking heal myself using uh, tree wounds. Mick, like, you're down there, and it's... Wait, so now we're getting to fifteen total minutes? Yeah. Yeah, we yeah, are. I'm just going to channel. Like, oh. I was going to, but I don't get very many of them. Yeah. Mick, like, you're being extraordinarily I'd patient it, right now. I'd say at fifteen, he opens that door. He says, fuck it. This is getting boring. What are, what are you doing, Plum? I, I'm, I'm just I'm standing in the window watching this madness unfold. <laughs> Thank God I didn't go in there. <laughs> Waiting for him to clear the debris enough to be able to get in. Can't yep, you, like, mage right. hand some stuff off me? Um, I can only lift light bulk with that, so only a little bit. Yeah, help me out. <laughs> <laughs> Cut it down to seven minutes, right? Just watching me fucking wiggle around and shit. I'd say it's a 15... Micklick would just be like, this is enough, and open the door. So as Micklick opens the door, the old wooden door swings open on rusted hinges, revealing a room lit by a single flickering torch. Through the gloom, you see piles of small crates and more than a few barrels stacked up haphazardly to the south side of the room. Opposite you is a stout wooden door with with iron bands. While the north side of the room is bare, save for an iron gate set into the middle of the wall, the stench of smoke and damp dog hangs heavy in the air, and beyond the iron gates, Micklick sees his worst nightmare. Four starving, slavering dogs begin barking incessantly at him. And we're going to roll for initiative. <laughs> Goblins hate dogs. Are we all rolling or just Micklick? I want everybody to roll. Okay. Yeah, Especially um, still under rubble. So so seeing these these dogs makes uh, Micklick think back 
on when he was a young gobbling. I'm using that word, gobbling. Gobbling, I like that. <laughs> uh, you know, he was he was in the woods one day, and him and his friends came across a pack of wild dogs. He was too young to realize how dangerous they were, and how small he really truly was. Um, Nicklick thought it would be fun to play with the doggies, so he ran out into the field where they were roaming. As soon as the dogs noticed him, they stopped moving and stared at him. The elders back in the uh, in the woods started calling out to him, telling him to, to stop, but Nicklick paid him no mind. He wanted to go play with them. As he made it probably about halfway across the field, he noticed their big teeth as they were growling at him, and this made Nicklick slow down a little bit, and then as they started to charge, he turned and ran, um, but he, he was no match for the, do- the speed of the dogs and they quickly caught up to him. The first dog that caught up to him bit him in the leg, and Nicklick started just, just kicking at it, and it wasn't, didn't get him off. And that's when uh, he took a big swing at him with his fist, and he, he just caved in the dog's head. And that's kind of where he kind of realized uh, how strong he was when he was scared or angry. Gotcha. And how much he hates fucking dogs. And how much he hates dogs. <laughs> They're fucking terrifying. Look how big they are. Let's make it clear. This is a, this is a dog-friendly podcast. <laughs> so yeah, currently Micklick is stuck in this basement by himself uh, with these dogs. And right after you notice the dog, the dogs, um, you hear this sound: click, 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 as the gate is slowly rising to let the dogs out. Uh, Micklick, can you give me a perception check? Uh, okay, let's see. Perception, I roll a three for a total of a seven. All right, all right. You're just terrified by the sight of the dogs. You're getting flashbacks of that time in the field. As the gate begins to open, it looks like they're just about to completely come at you. Now, I'm going to say here, Vorn is going to is gonna open up this initiative here. Everybody can hear the dogs very, very clearly. The trapdoor is open. It's about a 20-foot uh, shaft going down the ladder to get down to where Micklick is. And uh, with the, all the dogs barking, it's easy. It's easy to hear. Uh, just to explain why we didn't call out initiatives, we are rolling in the program that we use. So me and Daru are both free. There's still stuff everywhere. I mean, it's just difficult terrain to try It to absolutely would be difficult terrain to get through, yes. Is there still garbage and stuff that looks like it's loose and could possibly topple over more stuff, or is it all on the ground pretty much? Uh, it's not all on the ground. There's some spots of the ceiling above you that look like they might come loose if you're not very, if you're not careful going through here. When you say careful, are we talking like acrobatics check to try to carefully walk through? I'd say an acrobatics check would be appropriate, yes. Okay, because I do want to try to get to Micklick, assuming I can hear those dogs barking and everything, so I'm going to try to acrobatically walk through here, or carefully walk through here. I rolled an 8, got a 13 to try to move 10 feet. Okay, okay. Um, the, some of the stacks of this debris looks like it's precarious, it's leaning a little bit, but you end up making it through to the trapdoor without anything falling. Perfect. And did that slow down my movement at all, or is that just 10 feet? Just as uh, difficult terrain. Okay. And then the ladder was, what, like 10 feet? Still? It's 20 feet down. 20 feet. So 30 feet would be me to the bottom of the ladder? Yeah, and I would say uh, you move at half speed down the ladder. That would be all my movement then. So I'll double move, or two movements to go there, 
and then I have one action left, and I'm 10 feet behind Nick So you just have one action left, right? I have one action left, and I guess I'll use my last action just to step up right behind him, and I'm done. So Vorn carefully climbs across some of the debris and climbs down the ladder, down the chute to Micklick's side. Micklick, you're not alone anymore. That's a plus. Yeah, surprisingly, that that's actually re- reassuring to Micklick that he's not down here all by himself with these dogs. So after Vorn gets down, uh, the one of the dogs, one that's right up front, is just waiting. It's, you know, scrabbling at the floor to get through, waiting for that gate to rise up far enough for him to get through. The dog on this turn is actually going to have one less action because it's waiting for it's waiting for the uh, the gate to rise. So, but with its first action, it will bound through the room right next to Miklik here. Is uh, it uses one action to get up to him. It uses a second action to bite at Miklik. He gets a twenty to hit Miklik. Uh, yes. Absolutely. All right. So that's a hit. You're going to take four points of piercing damage as the dog's jaws clamp right into that same leg that you had from back when you were a young gobbling gobbling i i know that this has got to be terrifying for micklick but those tokens are adorable saint bernard saint bernard's yes like this is beethoven's beethoven's fucking mauling micklick after that one goes it is micklick's turn um yeah Miklik's first reaction is is a little bit of fear. He sees Vorn right behind him, and that gives him a little bit of, kind of bolsters him a little bit. And so his first action will be to rage, and then he will swing at this dog that walked right in front of him, I guess. Uh, Miklik rolls a 14 total, so. Which is going to miss. That's not good. So I will use my second, my third action to attack a second time. Hoping for a better result. No. no. Ooh, natural one on the dice. That's gonna be a miss. Then after, well, apparently, Micklick is more terrified than he lets on. Yes, I mean this is a scary situation for you. You're still right up at the front here. The other, one of the other dogs that was sitting right up at the front, he also, since this is uh, kind of just an explanation of how rounds in combat work or turns in com- in a combat round works. One round is the equivalent of six seconds. Now, uh, right now, the the second dog that's going to go here also has to wait for the gate to rise up a little bit. The dog that went before him got a little bit of a jump on him, but this dog still has to wait and spend an action waiting to get through the gate as it's rising up. So one thing to keep in mind here is that all of the turns that are occurring in this first round are occurring within six seconds of game time. So with that in mind, this other one's going to, he's gonna come up and he's gonna use a stride action to get as close as he can to Miklik. Now he's kind of attacking through a corner here. He's going to try to attack through a corner, which is going to give Miklik cover. And I'm gonna say that Miklik is concealed to the dog. So the dog is going to have to make a flat DC five check in order to successfully attack Miklik here. And he gets an eight on the dice, so that will work. And then he's going to bite at Miklik. Is, does an eight hit? Eight does not hit, no. All right, and then Miklik is safe for the moment. Then after that dog goes, it is Daru's turn. 
Alright, and if I recall right when the rubble fell on me, I was already right at the stairwell, right? I was You're right, right next to the trapdoor, yeah. yes. Well, I'll make my way down there. Okay, it's uh, 20 feet down. It's going to be uh, half your speed to go down there. So 20 feet is going to cost 40 foot of movement. Alright, I will take it two turns, and then I'm going to whip a star knife at one of these St. Bernards. Now, your allies are in between you and one of the guard dogs, and that is going to provide the guard dog with cover. Miklik and Vorn are providing lesser cover to the dog, so its AC is plus one. one. Alright, well, let's chuck a Desna star knife at this dog. And we get a 10 on the dice with the plus a 1, so that's a miss. With an 11 on the on the modified attack, that will miss. It's not going well so far, guys. And that would be my turn. Alright, then after Daru... After Daru, what's gonna happen is the remaining two dogs are gonna have to... They're gonna come out, and they're gonna be kind of behind the one that's in front. And they're scrabbling to get at you. One of them isn't going to be able to reach you in, in any way, shape, or form at all. But just like before, I'm going to say the one is concealed, or you are concealed to this one that's about to try to attack you. And like before, both of these had to use one action to wait for the gate to rise, and then are going to stride over, which is their second action. So for one of the third actions, he's going to try to bite at Miklik here again. And this time is going to get... He actually he he misses on the flat check on the concealment. He gets a four. So thank God, you're going to not get hit by this jaw attack. So after the two dogs go, it is Plum Pardoner's turn. Well, I'm still outside the window upstairs. I'm the only one that hadn't gotten in the house. I assume I can hear these dogs barking too, though, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, I will make my way into the through the window and to the top of the stairs. I think you said that would be difficult terrain there in the house. It is, yes. So that's going to take what? That's going to take 15 feet of movement to get there, essentially. I will go down the stairs. You said I'm moving has to be down the stairs as well, and there are, what, 20 feet? Correct. But the ladder, not stairs. The ladder, yeah, the ladder is 20 right. feet down. Okay. So I've spent 15. That means I have 10 left. So how about I just move five feet down the ladder? If I am five feet down the ladder and basically on top, you know, or above where Daru is, could I see the St. Well, hold on. You say you move five feet down the ladder, or are you yeah. saying that you move so that you're five feet from the bottom? No, I move five feet down the ladder. Yeah, you definitely can't see anything. Still can't see anything? No, it's a, it's a, it's a pretty tight shaft right until it opens up at the bottom. Yeah, it is. Uh, I move, uh, then I'll take another move action to get down a little bit further. Um, I'll just move down until I can see a St. Bernard. How far off the ground do I need to be until I can see one? Uh, you'll be just right above Daru's head because Daru's still in the same five-foot square that the ladder's in. Okay. And you'll be just above Daru's head. And I'm going to give you the same... Because um, I'm assuming you're going to use a ranged attack spell. I suppose I will. So then I'm going to give you the same... Uh, Even though I'm above him? I have a better vantage point. They're concealed to you. Uh, no, it's uh, square they're in. You're just going to have to make a DC 5 flat check in order to actually hit them. Okay. So what spell do I have that is a single action? Well, that is going to be one spell that is a single action. That is my focus spell, Elemental Toss. And I will make my, I'll start by making my flat check. I roll my d20, and I get a 1. I am going to use my action point with that first roll. Your what point? 
action point. My hero point. Ah, there you go. My We're hero. all used to doing action points from one E. Hero point. Rerolling that flat check, and I get a 17. There you go. All right, all right. So that's going to overcome the concealment. Okay. And then I will elemental toss this dog, which is going to be a spell attack roll, uh, onto which I get a plus seven. I get a total of 24. Another 17 on the die. 24. 24 hit. will hit. All right, fantastic. I am going to deal him 1d8 bludgeoning damage. Uh, that's going to be a total of five. And that's going to be the one I have labeled two? Yes, it is. Okay. And I guess that is it. So a hard ball of water smacks the dog in the face and deals him five bludgeoning damage. It already then- smells like wet dog down here, and it's about to get worse. So that is the end of round one of the dog combat. I'm just going to give a quick layout of where everybody's at right now. Uh, All four of the dogs are completely gathered around the door just inside of the room that they're in. And uh, Miklik is on the other side of that doorway, kind of standing in the doorway. And the party is all kind of smashed into this small hallway. There's only about a 15-foot long hallway. So you've got Miklik on the other side of the threshold, Vorn right behind him, Daru standing at the base of the ladder, and Plum is actually on the ladder just over Daru's head. Getting into the beginning of round two, it is Vorn's turn. I am going to use the spell I was thinking of and use an electric arc on the two, on Animal 2, which is right in front of Miklik, and Animal 3, which is behind Animal 2, which I do a line of sight on. So it's going to be a reflex save for both of them. Okay, so number two is going to make his reflex save first. The save is 17. Number two is going to get a 10 to save. That's a failure. Going to fail. And then the other one is going to get an eight. However, he rolled a one on that save. So as uh, one of our listeners actually previously pointed out to us, a one isn't necessarily an automatic fail. You determine the degree of success after you figure out if the save against the DC fails. So in this case, the DC was what, 14 you said? 17. 17? Uh, So an 8 would be a regular failure. We know that a 1 reduces that degree of success to a critical failure. That means uh, pupper number 3 is going to take double damage here, whereas pupper number 2 is just going to take full damage. I will drop some damage. This is for number 2. This is the regular full damage. Oh, it's max damage. Uh, oh, shit. Nice. Four plus my casting modifier. Which... And that's on the one I have labeled two? Yep. So eight damage to the one right in front of Miklik. And for the double damage... Now, do, did we decide, am I just rolling 2d4 on this, or are we doubling what I roll on a 1d4? Well, okay, and then this is actually a rules question that we haven't come across yet. Now's a good time to address it. When it comes to critical damage the book suggests that you take the result and then double it but however it says that it's up to the dm or the gm uh that you also can roll twice and do do it that way we like rolling dice so when we do our critical damage we're gonna roll the damage dice twice as opposed to rolling it once and doubling it and that's how we're gonna do it moving forward thank you i like rolling dice 
Rolling dice is fun. And not Power the best roller, roll a one and a three, uh, but it is plus eight since my static damage does double. That's a total of 12 damage. Pupper number three and pupper number two get zapped. And they both hit the ground. That's just a arc of electricity going from one to the other. I love imagining that. Just They're like, both dead. A little lightning bolt coming from my hand and just going through both of them. Poor puppers. Then after Vorn completely kills two of the uh, cute St. Bernards, it is Miklek's turn. Seeing those two go down and knowing he needs to let some people in the back through, Miklek is going to go through this channel that they've kind of created now and get up in uh, behind number four. So he's going to make his first action a stride action to move 20 feet. Now, Miklik, you're going over a uh, an unconscious or helpless or dead body that's going to be difficult terrain. So when you're striding through, entering in the square that has one of the dead puppers is going to cost two five-foot movements. So it's going to be 10 feet to move into that square. Okay. He can and then another 25 movements, so he can move through both of them. I mean, he could go the diagonal also. It's easily done, correct. It's but... easily done it with 25 feet of movement. Just want to make sure I'm pointing that out. So he will move there and then take a swing at this pupper number four. He's going to roll a 19 for a 26. A 26 is actually a critical hit. We're demolishing these dogs. Nice. This went, from, this went from not going well to going quite well, actually. Yeah. So we'll roll some damage, and that's actually not even including his plus two from rage. So that's actually a plus four. So he does a total of 17 damage to the dog. 17 damage. You completely smash this dog's snaz right into its neck. Just crunch. And that poor pupper is just a pile of blood. In fact, I'd go, I'd go as far as to say is that pupper probably doesn't have much of a head. Let's say that kind of reminds him, brings him like back to that story where he got bit in the leg and then he crushes the skull of it. That's the same, the same feeling he gets here. Is at first he was afraid, but now he's using that fear to fuel his rage to, to smash this dog in the face. And then he's going to continue that even one step further. And he's going to let out a roar at the last dog and use a demoralize. Oh, shit. Hand. At first he was afraid. He was petrified. <laughs> demoralize is a... <laughs> demoralize is a single action? It's a single action. So that's this will be my third action. Okay. And I can choose a creature within 30 feet and make an intimidation check against the target's will DC. Is Will DC is 14. Oh, I got a 14. Is that... 14 is going to meet that DC, and it will succeed. So what that does is, with a regular success, it gives him the Frightened 1 condition. All right, and remind us, what is the Frightened 1 condition, Swanee? So he has a minus 1 to all checks and DCs for the next turn. Okay. Now, something that I pointed out uh, in our group chat a while ago, um, but I don't think has really actually come up in play for us yet. When I was looking through what a DC is, technically, an enemy's AC is a difficulty class. So, in the Frightened 1 condition, 
pupper number one will take a minus one to his armor class because he has frightened one. And we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna rule it that way moving forward. If there, you take a penalty to your DCs, AC is included in that. Well, with our little rules session finished up there, we're gonna go to Daru. It is your turn. Well, as I'm seeing these dogs just being straight murdered, I will follow and lead. Wild empathy. Save the last one. <laughs> Let's John Wick this shit. I'm gonna <laughs> the dog. He will be my best friend. Hell, it's gonna be so mad that you killed four of his say, dogs. Say, hell, it's gonna become John Wick. Be careful. These things are violent, and I don't like them, so I'll swing my warhammer, my trusty warhammer at dog one, and I'll miss. With an eight total, Daru swings and whiffs it. This dog is <laughs> gets out of the way. Those All right, are second stuff. attempt with a miss. Another. This one is a ten on the dice. So that's also a miss. All right. So Daru uses one action to stride up onto uh, and straddle one of the dead puppers, and then swing t twice at the only alive pupper and miss. Well, that one, it's scared right now, but it's starving. This dog hasn't had anything to eat in a long time. He's looking a little thin. You can see the ribs on it. And he is going to attack Daru, and is going to get a 20 to hit on its first jaw attack. Heck yeah. 20 is going to hit. Daru is going to take four points of damage as the jaws sink into your thigh. And then he's actually going to go for another jaw attack. And this one's uh, going to take the minus, uh, minus five on the multiple attack penalty. He rolled an 18, but after the minus five, it's only going to be 13. Does a 13 hit you, Daru? No. 13 does not hit. All right. Then that, uh, that dog's actually going to use its last action to stride back towards the iron banded door at the back and start scratching at the door. Aww. It's gonna kind of whimper a little bit too. <laughs> it is your turn, Plum. I don't wanna kill this dog. Kill the dog. I mean, if you don't, Micklick will, so. <laughs> I'll use a stride action to plot, climb down the rest of the ladder and I'll move up to just before entering into this room. I'll see the three dead creatures and the one alive creature you won't even call them dogs creatures <laughs> distance yourself as much as possible plum makes you feel better about it right <laughs> they're all puppers i pull out a um i'll use an action or two actions i guess i'm not certain what it is i've not figured out retrieve item because it hasn't been important it is an interact action and i'll pull out a ration let's say yeah just just feed the poor little guy he'll be all right and I toss a ration at the guy. So Plum uses his first action, climbs down the ladder, a second action to pull out a ration, and his third to toss it at the pupper that's at the other side of the room. Then uh, after Plum, we're entering into round three here, and it is Vorn's turn. That's Horn. Um... You tried to befriend a giant grizzly bear. It didn't try to kill me right away. Because it was sleeping. But that's also why I'm torn, because these didn't try to kill me either. They tried to kill the, the goblin, which, I mean, they're eternal rivals. I mean, I, I get why they attacked each other. I was just trying to help my friend. I don't know if I'd kill a dog that's trying to run away as a druid. I'm going to try to wild empathy it. I'm going to use my first action to actually walk up right next to it. 
Uh, that should be what, 5, 10, 15, 20 feet, so that's one action. I don't know if I really can use Wild Empathy in combat even, though, because it's... I mean, we, when we looked up the rules, if I remember correctly, it takes a full minute. Of yeah, it said it, t said it takes about a minute to do it. Yeah, you're using the make an impression action. So, I mean, will you even allow me to attempt to make an impression on this? You dog? know what? You can start. You can start, but this is all going to depend on who's next in in our initiative. Who is public? My, to make that impression, I am definitely going to reach down and try to pet this dog. Okay. Kind of gently, gently, um, and carefully. That I remember the bear. <laughs> that did not end up well. Um, <laughs> remember the bear. Remember the bear. <laughs> Do you want me to make any type of check on this? I mean, diplomacy to make the impression, acrobatics or athletics to avoid getting bitten when I'm petting this dog? Not yet. Okay. Not yet. Because like I said, however this goes is going to completely depend on Micklick. I mean, Micklick's just going to murder it. It is Micklick's turn. I'm going to use my third action to tell Micklick not to murder this dog. Hey, talking is a free action, so I mean, I'll get Micklick, it. Micklick, I've seen eye to eye on a lot of things. Micklick, I, I know you don't like dogs. Please, let's just see what we can do with this one. He's, he's just shaking his head no at me. No, Micklick, Micklick is is raging right now. There is no way this dog is not getting swung at. <laughs> oh, man. All right, Micklick, then uh, it is your turn. He'll make a stride action over to the dog, and he'll take a swing. Let the fates sort it out. So he gets a total of a 17 to hit. A 17 will hit. I'm going to add my modifier this time and get that extra plus two damage so I don't mess that up again. Ooh, does not roll very well. Gets a total of eight damage. Eight is just enough to kill the dog that Vorn was attempting to pacify. So with his third action, he's going to bite it like it bit him. going to bite it in the leg. <laughs> Micklick, at least let me cook it first. Vorn, for the last dog, after seeing his three companions murdered by you four, takes a bite out of Daru, runs to the back of the room and starts scratching on the door, whining, trying to get away from the dog murderers. Vorn decides that he's going to come up and attempt to soothe the dog, but Micklick, in his rage, can't even understand what Vorn's trying to do and just fucking clobbers this dog and its skull collapse while Vorin is attempting to pet that dog. What a gruesome scene. Dinner time. Oh, yeah. Vorin gets over it quickly then, yeah? Oh yeah, it's, 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 it's gone. <laughs> Shrug. Uh, I think we should, I mean, this is quite a commotion and I still have to assume Hallett is down here probably behind that door that the dog is trying to get to. I try and stay on my guard waiting for anything to come through the door, but also want to check out my surroundings down here and see if there's anything important. And I will make a perception check. Okay, go ahead. I'll join on that, too. Eh, I only get an 11. I roll a 15 plus 7, 22. Anybody else looking? Micklick, after finishing off that last dog, kind of calms down a little bit, pants a little bit for a second, and then he'll take a look around, too. He gets an 18. So you guys look around a little bit, and the southern end of the room is where a lot of the the um, empty barrels and crates are. So you're searching through the barrels and crates. Most of them are empty, save for some packing straw, some scraps of cloth. Um, but while digging through them, you do uncover two vials 
and are filled with a uh, kind of a pale red liquid. Uh, can I do a crafting check to see what they are? Go ahead and give me a crafting on that. Okay. I rolled a nine. I only have a plus four for my crafting, so 13. You are d- able to determine that these are two vials of lesser alchemist's fire. Nicklick will take those. He likes uh, fire. Honestly, honestly, I'd take them too. <laughs> I don't know how you want to do that, but um, yeah, it's confirmed as a martial weapon. Okay, so Micklick can use it. So Micklick can use it, but well, uh, I mean, anybody can use it. Micklick gets the bonus for being trained. Vorn does not get the bonus. Which I mean, at this level, is the equivalent of a three difference, right? Yep. Two for trained, one for level. So yeah, you guys discovered a couple of uh, lesser alchemists fire uh, among the uh, empty crates and barrels. What do you all do now? That's always in the southern part. Um, what about the? Is the northern part just simply the dog's cage? Yes, yes, a bit of where the so dog. Probably gross. Yeah, and there's some feces, dog feces in here, but aside from that, not really much. How long does it take us to search the room? Uh, no more than a minute or two. Okay, but nothing. We don't hear anything coming from the other room at all. Give me perception checks. Nicklick rolls another one. It's going well to me. Blum gets a 20. Blum gets a 21 total. I would rather like to pray and possibly regain some focus or maybe have a healed attempt checked, I mean, done on me. I'm down 14. You're down 14? Damn. I took 10 from the rubble. Yeah, I'll uh, treat wounds on you. Can I pray while being treated, huh? I don't see why you couldn't. <laughs> Heck yeah. So you guys are taking 10 minutes here to get healed up? We're going to try it. I uh, made the check. And, uh, 15 or more, I got a 20. So that's 2d8. Yeah, that's a shit roll. You get 6. What are you down now, 8? Yeah. I mean, I could channel once if we don't want to wait. Yeah, I'm down 4. A channel probably good. That is one of my two heals per day. That's all right. You can always you can do the same thing as me, right? Just want to run that by everybody. No, I oh, can't. Oh, he don't have that. Oh. No. no, Daru isn't a dedicated healer. He is using his spell slots to grab the heal spell. Everyone gets four. So you don't have a a resource that you can just reset like I do? Not for healing. Oh. Mine is a uh, attack spell. Okay, so after Micklick waits another ten minutes, he's getting antsy <laughs> and opens the next door. So you guys open the door into the next room. You don't see Hallad in the room. What you do see is kind of what looks to be a, a, a space that's divided up into a couple of different sections. Uh, there is a, uh, a crude fireplace in the northeastern corner of this room. There is a, uh, a bed, a little bit in shambles, but it definitely looks like it's in use on the western wall of this room. To the east, it looks like there's a little, there's a section cut out, a little room, almost looks like a larder in here. And then a curtain at the southwestern section of the room. And then it looks like another kind of a hallway leading to the east in the southeastern portion of this room. Nicholas goes to the larder. He's hungry. There's some scraps of old meat in here. There's a third of a wheel of cheese. <laughs> looks like a sack of turnips. Surprise. A barrel of weak ale. And some. Uh, there's also a crate with some empty wine bottles in one corner. He just starts stuffing it messily into his mouth. The meat, the old meat scraps? Yeah, he's a goblin. He doesn't care. Mick looks hungry. Oh, no, no. And goblins literally eat like anything, so. So as Mick starts uh, taking and uh, devouring some of the food in the larder, what's everybody else doing? Uh, it looks like 
there's another passage down to the right? Correct. I am not going to go there yet because I don't want to be first. But I recognize it and point it out to my friends. There almost seems to be some uh, some a faint breeze coming from that section. I get a little closer. Do I hear anything? Go ahead and give me a perception check. Uh, I rolled a 14 out of 21. Aside from the wind that's uh, whistling through that opening, you don't hear anything else. Nick, look at Daru. What if you should go down there? Down here? I move to the southern part of the room. Daru to your west? Kind of smells a little gross. Do I suspect a toilet? You suspect a laboratory, yes. Yeah, we can leave that closed off. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, behind the curtain is, in fact, a uh, laboratory, just a hole in the ground. A hole in the ground? Yep. Mmm, how wonderful. Without the proper chemicals of a porty potty? Oh, be awful. Oh, yeah. And it's right next to his bed. I was going to say he sleeps this man's like... a deviant. He sleeps like 15 feet away from it. <laughs> really close to his bed. <laughs> What do I see to my other side? Um, there is a, an opening. It looks like it, when you were approaching it, it looked like it might have been another hallway. But as you look deeper in there, it's completely dark. And I know you have no way of looking. You don't have the light any... was on my shield unless it is no longer on my shield. Oh, it's true. Okay. Which is a 20 foot. Yeah, you could see as it goes deeper into this hallway, it does turn from worked stone like you're in the basement right here into unworked cavern walls and floor. It looks like a little cave that... Micklick, I think this yeah. place is more familiar to you. Why don't you uh, take the lead? Micklick will gladly lead the way. He can see just fine. Is there anything else you guys do in this room? Maybe just search... Did we search just the room proper? I don't feel like we did. Nope. I attempt to do that. I roll a nat 20 and get a 24 total. Ah, damn. Plum, you notice a handful of things in this room. There is a chest under Hallett's bed. You also find there's a, there's some bits of trash, and a few pieces of gear can be found in here. You find a whetstone, a dagger, 15 feet of rope, a hammer, two candles, and a small coin purse. I see what's in the small coin purse. You find two gold pieces, eight silver pieces, and 14 copper pieces. And so far in 2E, gold's a lot more valuable than it was before. Yeah. Um, so since Plum's the one who found that, he's going to think really hard about making a stealth check to conceal it from the rest uh, of the group. And then remember he's not the rogue. <laughs> yeah, but I wanted to play this guy as kind of a scallywag. But he will think better of it and let everybody uh, know what he found. Just happens to notice the gleam off of Micklick's sharp, shiny teeth as he's looking around at the party. The and rest of it, I think I leave because there's the you Maybe I'll take the dagger. I'll take what the I, dagger. Um, what I gave you was not what was in the chest. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, what was in the chest? Is it locked? It does oh. seem to be locked. It's locked. Um, it's chest. I smash it with Ooh, my. How do we hammer. open? How thievery? I'll make a thievery <laughs> check to try and open up that lock. Bitches, I am the rogue. I get a 16. <laughs> Bitch. you, are, you are kind of the rogue. <laughs> I am the rogue. Do you have any tools? Um, I have a hammer, a whetstone, and 15 feet of rope, and two candles. <laughs> <laughs> so you're going to be using... I, I I don't know what the rules are for this. But I have a crowbar. I have a crowbar. Ah, you have a crowbar. Ah, okay, okay. Does that, um, help, does that help with thievery? I don't know. 
I think I'm not picking it. I think I'm trying to break it off with a crowbar because I honestly I don't have anything to use to pick it with. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. So as uh, Plum goes and takes the crowbar and kind of tries to wedge it into the little tiny space right next to the lock, as you go and do this, a needle comes out of a little recess that was right next to the lock. Of course it does. And it goes to stab you in the hand. So the way that this works is this particular trap triggers when it, uh, when a creature attempts to uh, open, and it gets a plus 13 to hit the plum. It could roll a one. Plus 13? Except for I rolled a 20. Jesus. It cuts my fingers off. Now, it's only actually going to deal you two points of damage. Yeah, okay. I'm actually going to need to, uh, for you to give me a fortitude save. I will give you a fortitude save. I roll an 11 and get a 15. So you will fail the fortitude save. Wonderful. You getting critically hit by this trap is just going to double the damage, and you don't go into stage two of the poison. But you did fail your saving throw. Not critically fail, just fail. Okay. You are going to immediately take 1d6 poison damage. You're going to take two points of poison damage. And you are going to be drained one. (laughs) Sounds like my night last night. (laughs) <laughs> so drained is take a status penalty equal to your drained value on constitution based checks such as fortitude saves lose hit points equal to your level times the drained value and your maximum hit points are reduced by the same amount when you regain hit points by resting for 8 hours your drained value is reduced by 1 but you don't immediately recover the lost hit points so I take one more damage one more wound essentially Correct. And also, I have one negative max HP. So your max HP goes from 12 down to 11, correct? No, well, it's 13 now because I realized I fucked up. So I have 13 HP, actually, and now oh. it goes down to 12. Fuck it, what do I find in the chest? Well, you didn't successfully open the chest. You just successfully triggered the trap. Does the trap seem to reset? No, the uh, poison needle is sticking out now. Well, I stomp on it to break it off. All right. right, I attempt the crowbar. This needle looks like this needle's been disregarded. I mean, yeah, it doesn't re it doesn't reset itself. Nothing great. What'd you get? Sixteen. Sixteen. Now this is a lot harder to open than you expect. You're not able to force it open with the sixteen. Try it again, and I will assist. I'll like hang off the edge of it, like a little, just hanging off. I attempt to assist. 18. I fail to assist. Well, Plum just gets in the way. 18. In fact, Plum gets so much in the way, because that's a critical failure on the aid. Yeah. So That it, gives a minus one, right? Yeah, it does. So, you, you, yeah, I made it worse. I, I get away. frustrated. See, I think that's a couple times you've done that. And so smash the lock with my <laughs> warhammer. That's the way to go. Go ahead and do some damage to it, then. All right. So you deal two damage to it because you dealt eight total. The hardness six takes away six from that. So you you hear it like it crack a little bit, but it's certainly not enough to open it. Daru takes one, two, three, four, five. Six. All right, slow down. <laughs> All right, Daru swings repeatedly on it. Um, after a couple of swings on this, Daru, you do end up forcing the lock open, and you hear the you hear the crack of the mechanism inside, and it does open. A book of experience. 
Give you guys uh, 30, 30 experience for that. Inside of the chest. Bunch of broken stuff. Bunch of broken shit. Way to go. Um, no, so there's a, there's a bunch of paper in here. Some coins as well. I'm going to give you the coins first. There's 21 gold points and 37 silver. That's pretty good. That is pretty good. On top of that, you find 14 what look like to be receipts and one scrap of parchment that lists transactions. And finally, on the back of that transaction list is a crude map that depicts a cave and it's labeled hideout. Well, we're going to be going there. Throughout the cave, you can see next to there's a... So the cave is, cave is... Next to the cave is labeled hideout and there's a shape that might be a pond inside a cave and there's a winding path through a strange V-shaped chamber before ending at what appears to be a clearing with a tree stump and the tree stump is labeled drop point. So let me get this right. There's a V-shaped chamber with some water and a stump. That's not an innuendo at all. <laughs> Does anybody take a look at these receipts in the transaction law? I mean, yeah, I'll peruse nope. over them a little I'm, bit. I'm, what kind of check do you want? Uh, How has Micklick not gone down this hallway yet? Micklick is standing at the hallway, but... <laughs> How's that poison? The poison will will hold off on that a little bit. Nobody's treated it yet. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Would you like me to treat the poison? Yeah, if you can, that'd be fantastic. Okay. And there's uh, green veins that seem to be spreading throughout. So looking at this... Plum's hand. All I can really do is give you a plus or a bonus uh, for the next saving throw you have to do against the poison. Okay. Assuming that you make your medicine check against it? Correct, which I'm making right now. So you make that check against what's that? Against the save DC, I'm assuming? Poison's DC, yeah. I'm gonna uh, hero point that. What'd you get? Rolled a 5 and got 12. Oh, okay. Another hero point use? It's a bit better. Alright. You got a 21. That will give you a bonus. Success or critical? I'm assuming. Just that. a regular success. Okay, so it's a plus two circumstance bonus to his next saving throw against the poison. So, Plum, when we hit your next saving throw on that poison, you'll get a plus two on it. Does anybody, uh, if you guys look through the receipts that are here? Yeah, I will. Plum will. I, I think he was looking through the receipts as he was getting treated for poison. That makes sense. You don't necessarily need to decipher this, but I'm going to make you do a society check to try to make sense of this. Oh, that's one I don't have. Micklick. Micklick. I mean, Micklick trained in society. Micklick is trained in society. Fuck yeah, he's a diplomat, motherfucker. I'm a diplomat, bitch. I, mean, I don't have any intelligence, but I'm trained. <laughs> Damn, Micklick, jack of all gobliny trades. So not great, but I rolled an 18, so I get a 21. Fuck, that looks good, man. You see here what looks to be receipts for various alchemical reagents. And one that looks really suspicious to you. You don't recognize what it's called, but it's super ominous sounding. So um, it's labeled spices? Yeah, it's labeled corpse blood. Oh, that does seem pretty ominous. You have no idea what that is, though. I show it to um, Vorn. Like, I don't know what this is. You know what this is? I will Vorn. take a look. I'm looking up the recall knowledge right now. It's a secret check, and I'm going to make you make it a secret check. Secret check has been made. It's so secret. 
This is now an ASMR podcast. Secret, secret. <laughs> Got a secret. We want to welcome you to the ASMR Midmax podcast. We're going to have a good time and some adventures here. I'm pretty sure we Hard. just lost 10, 10 listeners. Are you kidding me? We gained 10. People fucking love ASMR shit. Okay, so then we're going to do the rest of our actual play of 2E. Whispering into the microphones. Don't make people fall asleep. <laughs> it's very relaxing adventure. That's what we want when we want people. We don't have the right headsets, though. They have special microphones they use that represent ears, and they play. I've watched a lot of ASMR videos. All right, let us continue. Wait, are we playing? Are we playing Pathfinder right now? We're playing Pathfinder right now. I thought we Let's were go talking. down this goddamn hole. <laughs> Hold on, are you actually gonna get the details of the receipts yeah. here? Vorn was looking up, was, oh, was yeah. recalling knowledge on the right. uh, corpse blood. Good check. How'd I do? Um, so corpse blood definitely that's definitely an alchemical reagent um something that is only really found on the black market and uh plum as you're looking through the receipts you find bort's name bort's name find bort's name listed on some of the receipts ah shit you were right spencer he killed himself it went well is it that or was it a hit put out on bort it looks more that. like it looks more like Hallad was buying some of these black market ingredients directly from Bort. Oh, Bort was the Doctor Kaborkian. No. Oh. no. <laughs> Zero points for David. Yeah, I'll, I'll give Plum a hero point for that. <laughs> Using that on that it's goddamn poison right shot. now. <laughs> 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 I haven't given out a single hero point in this whole adventure, and I give one out for a shitty pun. Put the backstory exposition and put it into the game. No hero point. <laughs> Makes a shitty pun, gets a hero oh, point. Man, that just shows you what's important to me. Yeah. See if I do any more work ever again. <laughs> Make puns, Swanee. We all know how this works. Make more puns. I, you know, I, I really, I, I do have to give Swanee a hero point for that exposition. It was well done. Thank you for reminding me. I'm actually really fucking bad about giving out hero points. Yeah, we have to beg for them. Go ahead, go ahead and take that one, <laughs> Swanee. <laughs> Back on track. So you guys spent what? It was about ten minutes in here, or fifteen minutes, getting the chest taken care of and healing the the wounds. Yeah, something like that. So about 15 minutes later, you guys begin to trek through the darkened hallway. All sounds you heard in this episode were provided by Sirenscape. Check them out at Sirenscape.com. We want to thank you for joining the MinMax podcast as we continue our adventures into the fall of Plaguestone and Pathfinder 2nd Edition. We want to invite you to do so again next week, and until then, we hope you have many great adventures of your own.